A pleasure on these Thursdays to welcome in Richard Abear, Abear's Garden Center, to the show. How are we doing today? Jeff, doing good. Back to the heat, though. There you go. It, well, it's it's this is the last day of the big right. heat. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, well, it, it's already, I think, in the 90s, uh, but the rain coming down should cool things off. But do we need any more rain? <sighs> no, actually, you're right. All we need is clouds. So if there's some way yeah. we can get a few clouds to... Uh, Temper it down a little bit. That would be wonderful. But I get what you're saying. Do we need any more rain? Yeah, it's um, the one thing, though, I have noticed uh, some serious stress. I got used to the rain last week, and boy, it didn't take long for some plants to dry out this week. That's correct. That's right. But, you know, that rain, and I talked about this in the past, is it makes such a big difference in terms of the plants you're just trying to keep alive. You know, so many people come in, like with containers, especially, Jeff, and say, you know, and, and we and, and they show us a picture of the plant. We say that's just that's just heat and drought stress. Oh no, but I'm watering once a day, and I get it. It's just so hot that, in depending on the size of the pot, it can dry out so fast and just stress out for a few hours, and it just sets that plant back. And it may it may be fine, it may live, but it won't thrive. And you can see the difference from the last. Uh, you know, uh, several days of rain that we had, how much of a difference it makes in mm-hmm. terms of those plants that were stressed out. It just, it, it makes a big difference. And then the growth will will uh, come after that and flowering too. So it does make a big difference. Yeah, I noticed someone took my hose too oh, that's as I was good. going to water them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Not sure what that's all about. <laughs> Could have been a neighbor borrowing it, uh, but I, I don't we'll, we'll, know. We'll hope for the best yes. on that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you have, so, in a few things to well, talk I'm, about. I'm going to talk a little bit about weeds, and uh, and and before I get into to, to the kind of the generalization of weeds, the big one we're having which we're having trouble with right now is the um, is is actually that buttonweed, and it is thriving, and that's directly due to the uh, uh, amount of moisture we had earlier. You know, the buttonweed is all it has has been in the lawn, you know, throughout the summer. But it starts to thrive when we start to get that that heat, and boy, it has. I mean, people, are, you know, actually, you know, instead of bring a sample of of the weed, Jeff, I'm really talking about maybe a handful, a little Ziploc bag. I mean, somebody brought literally, uh, you know, a ten gallon bag of buttonweed. I think what he was trying to tell us is that look, I got to kill this stuff because it's killing me, and I get it. And uh, it will buttonweed will just envelop the lawn and. And, uh, you know, like we talked about last week, you know, you want you can only spot spray right now. But uh, uh, once temperatures moderate, usually middle end of September, you can start overspraying. But I want to talk about, you know, weed control in general, Jeff, and, and, and how things are formulated when it comes to uh, the chemicals and, and, and maybe, you know, different ways of, of how we apply weed killers. Because that can make a big difference this time of year. And. You know, the, the, the biggest thing you want to define when you're trying to kill a weed is, is, is hopefully what type of weed it is. And, but, but where is it located? For example, you know, is the weed in the lawn? Is the weed in an ornamental uh, decorative bed? Uh, is it under trees? Is it in the vegetable garden? Uh, is it along a fence row? Because that kind of determines what type of weed killer you can or cannot use. And it's critical in certain things. In other words, if you use certain weed killers under trees, that could that could detrimentally affect the tree or kill the tree. Uh, and the same thing with the lawns. If you use certain weed killers within the lawn, it could cause issues. And uh, so you want to kind of, you know, one, ID the weed or weeds. 
And secondly, what's the location to kind of kind of fine tune uh, uh, what, what type of weed killers that you can select from? And remember, when it comes to uh, to the to, to the weed killers themselves, there's selective weed killers and there's non-selective. And basically, what that means is the selective is will kill certain weeds and not hurt certain other plants, whereas the non-selective will pretty much kill anything you spray it on. And so obviously you'd want to be very careful if you're spraying the lawn. You would not necessarily want to use a non-selective weed killer because that will kill the grass too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the same thing when it comes to the vegetable garden. You would not want to use a non-selective because it it could kill the vegetables too. And so uh, selective... Uh, weed kills or herbicides uh, have been formulated because there's a demand for it. You know, a lot of people like to take care of their lawns. So, so these these companies come up with these formulations that will uh, kill certain weeds and not affect the lawns. Um, same thing when it comes to the vegetable garden. There is uh, 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 selective weed killers that will kill certain weeds and not hurt the vegetables. Now. Now, is there something for everything? No. And St. Augustine is a good example of one that, uh, that, that there, there isn't a lot of selective herbicides that we can use uh, in St. Augustine that won't hurt, hurt the St. Augustine, especially when it's coming to killing grass on grass, meaning that it's hard to kill uh, crabgrass, Bermuda grass, Dallas grass within St. Augustine without hurting the St. Augustine. And uh, But there are certain things, like in Bermuda grass, there are many things that you can spray in Bermuda that won't hurt the Bermuda. And that's, that's a, uh, a, a strictly uh, a goes back to dollars. Uh, you know, Bermuda is, is, the, uh, is the big grass that's utilized in uh, football fields, that's utilized on golf courses. So there's money to be made. So they, so they do research and they find it. Whereas it's, it's this, you know, St. Augustine, really and truly, you know, you start to head down south, uh, you're not going to find St. Augustine too far north. Uh, when you start to get into Shreveport and further, there's not a lot of St. Augustine because it can freeze. So St. Augustine is really a coastal grass. Therefore, it's not a big, um, there's not a lot of ways to make money uh, uh, selling. N- not that, that there aren't there aren't sprays and weed kills to spray in St. Augustine. It's just that uh, it's it's just not a big area uh, of the country that has St. Aug, and therefore it's limited on on what you can sell. So you, you got to kind of know that, and then um, and, and, and kind of to confuse the listeners even more, there are there are there are herbicides that contaminate the soil, and some that don't. So you could technically use a non-selective herbicide in, let's say, uh, a vegetable garden or in an uh, ornamental bed or a shrub bed or a landscape bed if you spot spray with it because where is it, where is it the ones that, uh, that can get into the soil and, and, and leach into the soil, it will hurt the roots of the good plants, whereas the ones that break down, you could actually spray and if, uh, you know, that night the rain falls on it and washes into the ground, it won't hurt it at all. So, so there are certain, certain non-select that you can use within, but you just got to be careful not to get it uh, on the leaves. Now, uh, jumping to uh, uh, weed killers that are post-emergent versus pre-emergent. So, and, I, and I bought some, uh, a couple here. This one's called atrazine, which is a liquid that you spray to kill weed seeds. Uh, 
which is basically a pre-emergent. And then there are all the other ones, uh, like things like 2,4-D and weed-free zone and MSMA and MSM, those are post-emergent. You're going to spray those after the weeds are up. Uh, so, so you, you want to kind of uh, know what you're doing. And, and all of them, uh, weed killers are, 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 are utilized in a way that timing is always very important, meaning that certain weed killers work better when temperatures are really high. Certain will not work when temperatures are really high. Uh, when it comes to pre-emergent weed killers, uh, uh, timing is critical there too, meaning that you don't want to, uh, uh, you, you kind of want to time it uh, after the weeds have fallen, after the seeds have fallen, or, and the weeds are fixing to germinate. So there are certain type of weeds that will, uh, will germinate when it comes to late spring, and you got to spray right before they germinate, and certain type of weeds that will come up in late winter, and you want to time it to spray there. So you, you kind of want to know what you're attacking. And then, and then finally, when it comes to formulations, there are many different ways that uh, weed killers are formulated. Uh, pre-emergent weed killers come in granules that can be put down uh, uh, in a granulated form or in a liquid form. Uh, uh, post-emergent for, uh, weed killers can be put down in a granulated or a, uh, or a liquid form. Now, post-emergent for, are, are, are really regulated now in terms of the granulate. You used to be, Jeff, that you could buy granules that were, that were, uh, that were post-emergent and that were, non-sele- uh, that were uh, non-selected would kill everything. The problem they found with that was they were having, uh, what was that uh, place in Auburn where the man killed all those trees? Yeah, yeah. Well, he used these granulated fertilizers. So what they've done now is that it's going to be hard, I mean, granulated uh, weed killers. It's going to be hard to find uh, post-emergent granulated weed killers strictly because uh, 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 the, the people were misusing them. Yeah. And killing their neighbor's trees. They had a tree that was near their house, so they would put these granules down that would really hard to find and easy to put down and i think they had some trouble in abbeville with the same thing mm-hmm. around some of their oaks and uh and even in town here they've had some incidents where people do that so that is now regulated uh weed killers meaning that you have to have a license to buy it and they can uh track you in other words basically is that if you would buy some uh granulated uh herbicides uh you'd have to have a license you'd have to sign a sheet saying Boom! This is what you're buying it for, and uh, and if something would happen, they could they could be able to find you and say, hey, you know, there was a problem, this and that, and so, and I get that, you know, you just don't want to uh, have a, 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 especially when it comes to weed killers, it's a, it's an easy thing to to hurt someone's beautiful uh, oak trees that maybe take uh, you know centuries to get where they are, and within a matter of uh, a couple months, you've caused some major issues, if not killed the tree. So you want to kind of be aware of all that. And then so you have liquids and granules, uh, pre-emergent, post-emergence. Uh, and, 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 and so, so how you utilize these things are very important. Read the labels and understand how to use that. And then secondly is how do you uh, apply it, and especially when it comes to liquids. So you can buy herbicides in concentrated forms. You can find them in little ready-to-use little spray bottles like a Windex bottle. Or you can uh, purchase them in a hose-in sprayer bottle where you hook it to the hose and spray. The, the, the problem with this time of year, and, and 
for for certain hose end sprayers, you know, I warn my salespeople is that if you're going to sell a hose end sprayer weed killer right now, you need to talk to the customer. Because with hose end sprayers, you actually attach it to the water hose, so you actually basically have a, a like a, a a water nozzle stream of chemical coming out. It is easy to put too much. Uh, whereas if you put too much of the weed killer in October when temperatures are mild, you're not going to have a problem. You put too much weed killer down uh, in right now in August when it's hot, you could kill your lawn. And so you want to be extremely careful, not, not only from that standpoint of over-applying the chemical, but from wind drift. Uh, and that can occur any time of year. Sure. In other words, if you, you do that in March or you do it in October, where maybe when you have a little breeze blowing and you're using this hose-in sprayer, you've you got to be very, very careful. So I'm always wary of, 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 of hose-in sprayer weed killers because of the fact that it's easy for it to drift and easy for it to overapply. So you've got to be really, really careful. And you kind of got to know what you're doing. And so I always recommend is that if you're a novice with weed killers and you're just not that comfortable with it, either use the, uh, you know, the ready-to-use type, like the Windex type, and if you have a lot to use, just use a tank sprayer and go about your business spot spraying. Just much, much safer. And uh, even though it may take you a little bit more time, you're going to have uh, a safer result and, a, and usually a, a, a better outcome. Gotcha. Um, when it comes to— oh, I'm sorry. There is a caller. Okay. Let's see if the caller held on. I almost forgot about him or her. Hi, you're in there. Hey, Richard. I have a question. My lawn having problems with uh, dove weed in St. All grass. What do you recommend to take care of that? Yeah, Thanks. Uh, yeah sure. Uh, uh, dove weed is a tough one. Um, and, and within St. All, there's really not a lot of, uh, of options other than you can use something like glyphosate. Roundup or kills all, but because of uh, the fact that uh, it will um, go into the plant and 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 spread throughout the plant, and so if you have a St. Augustine, some St. Augustine runners within the dove weed, and you spread that dove weed, it will run and kill you know a lot of St. Augustine. So it's it's not an easy it's 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 not an easy control and i may have something else and and i do have it listed at the store so i'll i'll be at the store within the next half hour so you may call and uh but it is a uh dove weed is a tough one it's been a tough one this year too um uh but it looks like st Aug and but it gets much much thicker and it's more aggressive especially where you have a little bit more moisture around so I generally tell people to, to dig it out, but I may have another chemical that you could spray, but I'm going to have to look at my book when I get back to the store. So call about a half hour, 45 minutes, and uh, hopefully I have a better answer for you. Yeah, I believe they uh, hung up to listen to the response, but yeah. good advice. So, yeah, so and then there are many type of weeds that have been doing well. Button weed is one. Uh, dove weed is another one that's done real well uh, over the last few weeks because of the rainfall. Torpedo grass is a uh, is another one that just kind of looks like a little. The, the, it gets its name from the tip of the grass looks like a torpedo, and uh, but it's also very aggressive and uh, um, and just kind of really really takes off when t- uh, when we start to get a lot of moisture and heat, and that combination uh, really is a problem. So when it comes to uh, getting back to uh, pre-emergence. So when you let's say you're trying to spray a pre-emergent in a lawn, uh, Jeff. So 
between a post-emergent and a pre-emergent, the post-emergent will kill the actual weed itself, and the pre-emergent will kill the seed. So you can see when you're spraying a post-emergent, if you go out, go about and just spray where the weeds are, that's really kind of, in a way, all you need to do. You're trying to kill the weeds that are there. Uh, when it comes to a pre-emergent, the, the weed seeds are everywhere. So you can't identify. Where, so, so when it comes to pre-emergent uh, weed killers, that is one time I say spray the whole area versus spot spraying with the post-emergents. And so uh, when, we, when we have certain chemicals that are mixed together, Jeff, you know, a post-emergent and a pre-emergent, you can see that in order for that to be effective, you've got to spray the whole thing. In order, whereas if you had the post-emergent separate from the pre-emergent, you could use a lot less of that and maybe do less damage. So this is one time that we recommend when you're trying to uh, do a combination of both, where you're trying to spray for both the post and the pre-emergent weeds, it's best to do it separately. Therefore, you take the, the pre-emergent and spray over the whole lawn because you need to because you don't know where the seeds are. And you do the post-emergent and you spray where the weeds exist. And uh, you're going to use a lot less chemical and it's going to be much, much safer. And, and, and lastly, we'll talk about, you know, when you have the combination of fertilization of, of uh, weed and feeds. Well, you're doing using weed and feed. Well, it's the same. It's, the, it's kind of the same scenario. Uh, when you have a combination of fertilizer and weed killers together, and you can have both post and pre-emergence mixed in these, in these bags, uh, you're, you are spread it over the whole thing. And whereas you really don't need to do that because you don't need to uh, spray the post-emergence everywhere. So we recommend when it comes to uh, weed and feeds, Make darn sure if you're going to use a weed and feed, make sure it has a pre-emergent in it because you're going to be spraying the fertilizer everywhere. But when you fertilize, you spray the whole. You're going to fertilize the whole lawn, right? And that's what you do with pre-emergence. You, you do it over the whole lawn, so there's no waste there. You're doing. You're going to have the rates going to be correct for you. The formulation is going to be correct in the bag, and so you're going to be broadcasting this over the whole lawn. Many weed and feeds, and and I do sell those in the spring too because of the demand is that we'll have the post-emergence, but you're, spraying the, you're putting the weed killer down everywhere. So if you are going to use a weed and feed, make darn sure that it has the, also the pre-emergent in there too so that you are not wasting a huge portion of that weed killer. It's going everywhere, and it's going to, it's going to basically kill all the seeds, and, and that, that's good. Timing is also critical. Uh, when it comes to the pre-emergence like we just talked. So you can see, Jeff, you know how I always talk in the spring, you really don't want to fertilize too early. You want to wait till the temperatures really warm, uh, warm up to fertilize. Whereas with the weed and feeds, if what I said is true, you'd want to kind of do those pre-emergence a little earlier. So when you mix it together, you're going to, have, it's, it's, you're going to be either doing the pre-emergent too late or doing the fertilizer too early. So weed and feeds become complicated. I'm not a big uh, uh, advocate of using weed and feeds in lawn. I much I prefer to say use your fertilizer separate from your weed killers, and do that separately because timing is is always an issue. Is always an issue, and so uh, you certainly don't want to use a, use a weed and feed right now because it's just too darn hot. So uh, it sounds complicated, and in some ways it is. But uh, I guess if you learn anything from this, this little session here is that is to be careful, 
is you know it's not like you're spraying an insecticide whereas if you if you spray it and you don't kill the bug you were killing for no harm no foul right uh but with weed killers you can create problems and uh so we just tell people is always bring a sample of the weed in if you're not sure what it is and tell us where is it where is it located yeah so we can know uh, which direction to go very good yeah my my parents uh, <clears throat> would uh the company's name was Chemlon, and they would uh, come in you know after the snow melted and you're pretty sure uh, when, when grass started growing again they'd spray a pre you know uh, pre-emergent weed uh, killer mm-hmm. that kept the lawn beautiful mm-hmm. what would have that have been that they were able to and again is that one of those like you talked about and i know it wasn't bermuda i i don't know what kind of grass it was but what would have they been using because they just do the whole lawn to uh, well there are a lot of pre-emergents that that done at the right time really really do well and uh for example when it comes to saint augustine there is pre-emergent such as astrazine that you can use in late fall, and then and then dimension, which is another pre-emergent that you use in late winter, early winter, and so that's killing a lot of those clovers and a lot of those nuisance weeds that we get where it, where it is a problem. What happens is is that if you don't do that, that and it's, it's a warm winter, let's say, all of a sudden you're getting all these weeds coming up in February. So everybody comes in wanting to use the weed and the feed. Well, it's too early to fertilize. Yeah. And so you can't do that, so you got to spray. So what they were doing is they were killing the, uh, the weeds. But, but you see, when it comes to the lawn people, they're probably, probably fertilized two or three times a year also, which basically means they're killing the weeds, they're making the grass healthy, get, getting it thick, and therefore will knock out a lot of the weeds. A healthy lawn, well, a nice, thick healthy lawn will prevent a tremendous number of weeds from sprouting uh that that's it it's it's when you start to get damaged from whatever reason whether it be from the insects the disease when you start to get damaged and it leaves an opening for these weeds to come up so you know the ultimate goal is to get the grass healthy and thick and to prevent issues such as uh bugs and and disease from occurring and that's just strictly knowledge of timing and, and when it's coming in you know, a lot of issues, Jeff. I mean, a lot of issues. If you have a lot of trees with shade, that causes problems. If you have a compact soil, if you compact the soil by running vehicles over it uh, or animals run over it. So there are a lot of issues that will, that will cause problems. But the, the bottom line is the ultimate goal is to keep the lawn healthy and to come up with a plan. You know, and, uh, and you know, with weed killers, timing is really critical, as with, as with fertilization. Too early can cause much more problems than doing it at the right time. Then and so, you know, it's it's somewhat can be frustrating at times for us is that is that people want to use these weed and feed, they just want to use them too early, and it causes problems. You know, and so uh, it's just a matter of knowledge and uh, and knowing what you're trying to attack. Not sure if you can turn around and look at the crepe myrtle across the street, though on the right side. Can you see the brown leaves? I, I've never witnessed that before. Some of the leaves uh, seemingly dying. Okay. So, uh, so you talking about that one with the pink flowers? Yeah, and actually both of them, but that one just seems to be more obvious. Those brown leaves. Okay, so I'd have to look and at I it. I don't remember. Well, that. it could be. I wonder if that's the if that's the blooms that are finished. No, or is that actually leaves? You they see, they are leaves. I I went up, and and the reason I looked at it. 
there's a tree across the street from my place, and I noticed it doing the same thing, and I've never witnessed that before. Well, it could happen. That's probably, I can't see it, though, but it's probably anthracnose, and it causes when we get a lot of rain, and the leaves will turn yellow and spot, and they will fall. Uh, They'll usually outgrow that. And so fungus is an issue. The good thing about crepe myrtles, Jeff, is crepe myrtles are tough, man. They they are really tough and resilient, and they will kind of they will overcome pretty much pretty much anything. Cold weather not an issue, and and so it's it's hard to kill a uh, hard to kill a crepe myrtle. Uh, however, uh, if you have an issues like that, keeping the leaves on as long as you can will allow you to get a lot better bloom period next. So. Without seeing it, it's caused by the rain, the, the moderate rain and the overcast weather and the humidity. It's just all fungus issues, and uh, um, it happens. But usually this occurs later in the season, right before they start to fall. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's just a little bit earlier, and I think it's a combination of the heat and the, and the moisture. All right. Anything else before we let you go? Jeff, I think that's it. All right. Once again, Richard Abair, Abair's Garden Center. Open uh, six days a week still? Yep. All right. See you next week. Thank you, Jeff.